Welcome to the Attenborough Arts Centre podcast. As we enter the third month of lockdown, the true impact of the COVID-19 pandemic upon the arts industry is becoming clear. It isn't just theatres and production companies that are feeling the strain either. This week, I spoke with Leicester artist Loz Atkinson about how this crisis has directly impacted her art, exhibitions and planned career trajectory. Uh, hi, so I'm Loz Atkinson. I'm a multidisciplinary artist. I've uh, been practising for, oh God, nearly 12 years, over 12 years. Um, a lot of my work's... Uh, in paint, um, so I paint a lot of things about nature and science um, and mathematics, uh, including sort of clouds, geometry, outer space. Um, but I've also done installation work, uh, land art, um, digital media, lots of different stuff. I like to think that the idea sort of um, dictates how the work ends up rather than the medium. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's me. <laughs> Obviously, we've got our uh, exhibition currently on about space. What was it that drew you to make your space-based work? So when I was a lot younger, um, I used to actually be really terrified of outer space, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, even sort of looking up at the stars. Although it was fascinating, it did used to sort of scare me quite a bit because... I think it's that whole thing of um, when you don't understand something, you know, you, the automatic sort of reaction is to kind of fear it. And um, so the whole sort of, uh, you know, vastness of outer space, how you can't get your head around how big it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sort of come from that and we're the same as it. Um, but yeah, as I've sort of, you know, obviously grown up a little bit and uh, mm-hmm. read more into it and, um done some more research into it it's it's, uh yeah it's an amazing beautiful thing and sort of discovering Carl Sagan who's sort of a 60s uh Brian Cox (laughs) a very sort of soothing voice and very sort of um describes and explains these things quite simply and beautifully like really opened me up to sort of um these ideas and yeah how actually amazing and beautiful it is so I'm not scared anymore (laughs) And that's, I think that's the best way of stop not being scared of something is to look at it closer and yeah. actually learn about it and, and be fascinated by it rather than fearful. Exactly. Sort of immerse yourself in it to find a better understanding. It's because it, it's not necessarily to discover an answer or because, you know, I suppose we'll never find all the answers, but it's, yeah, to sort of grasp a better understanding about it. To look like, yeah, let that fear drip away, really. The, the artwork we've got at the Atom Rock Centre currently, um, Mariner 9, is a really sort of macro view at uh, a Mars landscape. Like in comparison to the universe, it's a macro view of a Mars landscape, sort of desolate in the future, and it is quite fearful. Whereas your imagined nebula work is... Well, it's more sort of ethereal when I look at it. You've got this... If people haven't seen it, they can look on your website and find them. Vast spacescapes with very, very tight and precise geometry over them what drew you to that sort of juxtaposition in that then 
so it, within the work like the hidden sort of geometry is created mm -hmm. using different textures so i'll paint it all matte first and then i'll pick a certain point within the painting which is usually one of the stars and then i'll draw and it's either usually like a cube or um, the flower of life um so uh, similar to the cloud ones really it, a lot of people would think that nature doesn't create straight lines mm -hmm. um, and is just complete chaos where it's not there is a sort of order to it there is you know hence the geometry and sort of um you know formula to things and those structures so those geometric structures um create those massive nebulous clouds those chaotic clouds of gas and dust and mm. of you know almost yeah the quite chaotic violence but it, the structures that hold those massive masses together are made up of these very geometric very precise structures or formula and that's sort of what keeps everything together so is to put it over the top with sort of the different texture of matte and gloss it's it's there but it's almost invisible as well because mm -hmm. it's only a, it's only the texture that's creating the the shapes and the geometry so similar to the concept really you know you see the massive nebulous you know colorful clouds you don't see the hidden structure that holds it together sort of uh, yeah because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of your art does use science <laughs> and mathematics to well in much of it i think it highlights the art that is inherent within science and mathematics so like, you use the golden ratio a lot which is based on fibonacci sequence yeah do you think that more people would be interested in in those sciences if they were sort of approached more with an artistic mindset I think so. I mean, one of my big things is like there's STEAM or mm -hmm. STEM, sorry, which is science, technology, engineering and maths. And I always think it should be STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, arts and maths. And it's like um, because the two can, you know, uh, have a conversation with each other and influence each other. I mean, a great example is sort of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. How you know a lot of those sort of ideas that were explored in that i mean you know uh kubrick will have worked quite closely with depending on how conspiracy <laughs> you want to get with it but like, um, you know how how they he sort of um inspired a lot of future mm. scientists to be, even become scientists um you know sort of seeing those things that oh well I, you know could this actually happen and could i be involved in making that happen and it's similar way around you know because i've spoken to a lot of sort of scientists and mathematicians and stuff and it's like how art can make them look differently because both disciplines create and um, require creative thinking um obviously just in totally different mediums mm -hmm. but so they can both sort of influence or um you know uh speak to each other yeah i and there's there's so much because I'm not uh, a visual artist at all. I'm, uh, it's not on the whole something I've ever been really interested in. And I got into it recently through 
I can't, I'll have to find the artist's name and put it in the description, otherwise it'll be terrible, who makes purely mathematical art based on like his different projections of pi and different projections of the golden ratio and using that to create art directly. Yeah. And it's so, it looks completely random and then you start seeing patterns that just emerge the more you watch it and the more you look at it. And it's just, I don't understand why they're not currently viewed closer, the arts and sciences. Because yeah. they are I mean, so linked. Yeah. I mean, the golden ratio is so inherent in art because, I mean, it's been used throughout art history mm. and architecture. You know, it's it's not uh, in no way a new sort of concept, you know, and, and it's the, supposedly it's the equation of beauty. So the um, ratio at which things grow or are... Um, you know, sort of separated into their symmetrical fit, uh, sections, it creates this sort of pleasing to the eye beauty and, but you can put an equation to it. I mean, I, again, I'm gonna, can't remember the guy's name now, but there is, you know, which, and this is all kind of depressing in a way, but there <laughs> is an, um, an equation for love, you know, and we like to think that we're these sentient kind of, um, you know, detached from the natural world sort of beings and we're not we're totally part of it and all these things connect us and are part of us like like with the space things and you know Carl Sagan said it best we are made of star stuff mm, love that and quote it's like, yeah and that just blew my mind because it was like oh I've never realized or thought about it but it's like it's so true all the elements that make up these huge gaseous nebula and stars they're exactly the same things that are in us and so he would also say, we are the universe experiencing itself. And another part with the nebula paintings is how can, how can we ever be objective to something that we're a part of? So we're, it's subjective, you know, hmm. we're, we are it. So how can we, you know, detach ourselves that much to find these answers will always be that sort of hidden line away <laughs> from them, you know. If we go, if we go way back, what was it that originally got you so interested then into into art and into into the kind of beauty of science, and that's pushed you down this path to becoming one of the like foremost artists in within Leicester and within the Leicester art scene? Oh, stop it! You make me blush. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. I've always wanted. I've, I've, um, I'm quite stubborn. Um, so I've always been very pig-headed about, I want to be an artist and, uh, you know, nothing's going to stop me kind of thing, even though throughout sort of school and stuff, it was very much made apparent that I should not follow a career in the arts. Um, and But I've always been interested in science, like those were the subjects that I sort of did better in at school. So, and then I went on to do psychology and mm -hmm. sociology at uh, college and then carried on with the art into uni and stuff but it that that interest never left me and you know even like history and things like that you know I love all these subjects and I, I I don't see why they should be seen as separate and how you know like we were saying before they can cross over and you know sort of um influence each other um but yeah it's uh I think yeah from a really young age always wanted to be an artist not knowing obviously whatever what, what is an artist I have no idea but I want to be that <laughs> and just sort of yeah bodged my way along and 
I don't really know how I've got here, but here I am. <laughs> <laughs> What's it, what's it been like? Because I know that traditionally and across, across the country, I suppose, people think that the, the centres for, for art and visual art is sort of Bristol and London. What's it been like working in a city that isn't traditionally known for visual art? Although it's, the reputation of Leicester is getting stronger and stronger by the year. What's yeah. it been like kind of working outside that London centricity? So I, I've lived in Leicester since 2004. So what a good 16, what, yeah, 16 years. Oh my God, <laughs> I shouldn't be able to say that. <laughs> um, but I've, um, you know, London is an hour away on the train, you know, mm-hmm. whatever trains are, I've forgotten. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, I've, I've never felt it held me back. Um, it's obviously loads cheaper to live here. There, there is an amazing scene in Leicester, and that, to be honest, there always has been in that whole time. That have lived here there's always been an amazing scene it's you just have to seek it out yeah you know it's kind of a bit cliche but Leicester really doesn't uh, have any self-confidence and it doesn't um you know blow its own trumpet with the talent that it has mm-hmm. here and not just in art in music you know in lots of different areas and um all this it's all bubbling under the surface and something needs to happen to like you know pop that and expose it to the world but yeah London's been an, is an hour away I've never let it hold me back with opportunities you know you can get there well relatively cheaply and you know and but you get that sort of reaction sometimes from people like you come from Leicester like you know what <laughs> where's that and it's like you should come and find out because it's amazing you know there's so many amazing artists, musicians, you know, theatre people and, you know, well, like with Attenborough, it's, it's such a multi sort of disciplinary uh, centre with all the things that, you know, you guys put on. Oh, now we're like, blushing. <laughs> I, we must stop this. <laughs> no, no, please carry on, Karen. I just, I love it. Um... <laughs> Because I, I, I know that the, the Leicester is now finally trying to blow its trumpet a little bit in that the council have realised that there is, as, as they say, this cultural renaissance going on in Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you think that the, the city of... The reputation... Oh, I'll try that sentence again. Do you think that the city's reputation is now improving in these like traditional cultural hubs of like Manchester, Bristol, Birmingham, Edinburgh, uh, London? I think so. I mean... Again, I can only sort of go on personal yeah. experience, but you know, I, I'm with a studio called Studio Name, and we, me and a load of the artists there, we go and do a lot of art fairs in London, and you know, we exhibit all across the world, really. And again, people are like, what's Leicester? Where are you guys from, Leicester? And it's like, well, come, you know, come and find out. And I think, yeah, Leicester's. I mean, you know, relatively speaking, Leicester is small. Mm. I mean, but so, you know, per capita, let's say, I would say, yeah, it's uh, a huge hub for talent in the arts. And slowly but surely, the more people do and the more people sort of shout about it, the more recognition and, you know, that realisation that it's always been like that will start to happen. It's just, you've got to keep the momentum up, you know. And I think... there's been a few times in the past where Leicester's maybe got to that point, but then 
you know, for whatever reason, something's happened and it's pulled back. So, um, you know, whether it was the recession or, you know, of, of, well, austerity, the Hindus Tories, sorry to be, I have to say that, but, um, you know, and now obviously with the virus and stuff, I just hope people do keep momentum and like, you mm. know, it's bad. Yeah. But yeah. it'll get better. But, you know, remember where we got to and don't fall back. Like, keep pushing forward you know that's a really nice sentiment um speaking of of the the virus obviously everyone is in lockdown and i know that it's had an effect greatly upon yourself in that you were meant to be exhibiting in leicester yeah. how and I, yeah, there's no there's no kind of like nice way of bubble wrapping it but how has that, how has it affected you and i'm, I'm guessing it, it would have been quite a knockback to have had that this happened because it's a thing that is complete and completely outside of your control yeah i mean and this all has to be said in context because obviously we realize that people's health is of the most utmost importance and all this is sort of secondary Mm -hmm. but uh, you know i also say to people you know and not just in the arts like everybody's missing out on something you know weddings holidays like you know normal things in everyday life that people are missing out on and I, and I think just sort of saying oh well you know it'll, it'll, it'll happen sometime it's like well don't just brush it off like you know you can mourn those losses yeah because otherwise you can't move forward you know you've got to sort of yeah take the realization of it and then right okay how do we fix it or how you know how do we move on but yeah so it's <laughs> it was weird really because um i would have had the two biggest solo exhibitions in my t- entire career one after the other so the first one being at newark museum with uh my exhibition finding the fallen which was about my great grandfather in world war Two and how unfortunately he was killed in action um he was shot down over mountains in northern italy and last year i climbed the mountain where his plane crashed and we um explored the crash site and made artworks into the landscape so this exhibition would have been about all that work and then literally as soon as that one closed uh it was right on with you guys at Edinburgh Art Centre um to have my first solo exhibition with my uh Imagine Nebula work Mm. so obviously absolutely gutting I mean obviously we hope that these things will still happen and that's all in the planning but you know everything's so uncertain that and I'm a bit of a pessimist to be honest so I'm always like oh no that's it it's okay. but I know it's not that I know it's not that the case but um yeah it's just it's a bit of a blow because oh, I hope I don't sound like an idiot here but like I could really felt like this could be a turning point in the career and yeah I have to keep it's just on hold it's just on hold it's yeah that's the, that's the better yes that's a and it, you don't sound like an idiot at all because, because you are right this has affected everyone and it's something that you couldn't control at all um and it and it is both projects were were very very big one was as you said specifically personal to yourself mm-hmm. and so it, it, it is a blow but i know that with the the work that you're doing and i know that the help from rachel at Aspenbrough center as well i believe yeah. that she's trying to sort something out for the um the project you're going to have with us and try and see what we can do with that and knowing the people at new york and and, and them there they will 
Oh yeah, we, yeah but that would be all, lovely about it. Yeah. Yeah, we're all still working behind the scenes on it, you know, still editing text that would have been on information panels and all this sort of stuff. But it's it's almost it's kind of cruel in a way because it's like, oh this because um like last week we would have been in the gallery installing it and mm. uh yeah, it would have opened on Saturday. So last week was quite tough to but I started uh, on my social media trying to make videos to show people what sort of would have been in the exhibition which is probably really cringe but um, yeah sort of thought well do something positive rather than just mope around you know I quite like that because um, even though you said even if even if you think it was quite cringe, a lot of people who I've spoken to, because we're doing things similar with the um, Attenborough Arts Centre social media, is going, this is what would have been up. And people yeah. are really, really appreciative of it because they understand that it's a really difficult time. And mm. they, they want to see art and they want to see things like that. Have you, oh, been, yeah. have you been like embracing this situation a little bit? Because I know, I know it's, it can be t- like horrendously crushing and depressing. But have you been creating more like sort of online content through it so like just such, 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 like such as sharing the progression of work or anything like that or is that something you're possibly planning to do i think with the new walk like mm-hmm. say um, made sort of little videos describing some of the pieces that would have been in the show and you know telling a few stories about what happened up the mountain and things like that um and it's, I suppose it's given me time to go over things that, you know, there's always a backlog of stuff that, oh, I was meant to do that ages ago. And it's like, um, you know, trying to get things together, which is obviously very difficult when you're sort of stuck at home. But um, yeah, trying to go through that backlog and see, oh, is this still useful? Can, would, you know, would people still enjoy this? Or, um, But creative wise, a lot of the work at the minute, I... I can't do at home because um, <laughs> like a lot of that work for uh, New Walk was using um, Halifax bomber parts. Oh yeah, um, I can imagine they're quite difficult to, yeah. to, to like around. <laughs> yeah, so one of the pieces that I was working on um, still was a part of the landing gear. So it's a pretty hefty bit of kit. I don't think, uh, yeah, I couldn't bring that home. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so managed to bring some paperwork stuff so I can uh, paint, do uh, originals on paper and things like that, but yeah. Because <laughs> I was chatting uh, with Tim Neath recently about, about the way he's managed to, he's been very, very lucky, he admits that, that he's been able to work from his home studio um, because his work is so much smaller. Has this sort of changed at all the way you're working in the short term? Or are you just going, now we're going to do something completely different? I think, to be honest, I've used it mostly as a time of reflection because the past two years have been pretty intense working on that project and and being such a personal project, um, it kind of took over my whole life, really. (laughs) Um, With and my painting kind of took a side line which sounds awful because I love my painting and I don't want to Mm -hmm. make it like as as if that's you know sort of secondary to anything but it did take a bit of a back burner so and to get back into that 
you need to be in a certain headspace, I think. And I'm, <laughs> I'm um, one of these annoying people that likes to think about things for ages. <laughs> and, um, when, uh, as my friend Tim Fowler at Studio Name would say, just get on with it, Loz. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, it's been a time for reflection. And I think, yeah, what is actually important to you in your work but also just in life in general I think and I think yeah I guess everybody's been going through that a little bit but you're right it has it's been it's been if nothing else if 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 everything else from this has been terrible that's been quite nice because everyone I've spoken to has had a degree of that they've looked at the work they've done and gone okay I've now got a chance where I can come back and I can experiment a little bit and I can plan for the experiment and try and see if I can make something it's a little bit more what I want to make so yeah definitely because I mean if not now when because you don't yeah. necessarily have this sounds horrible but I, you don't have the excuse of I don't have time <laughs> you know and but I don't I don't uh, like buy into this you know there's loads of memes on social media about like oh you know now's the time to write that book that you've always done or, you know, <laughs> just get up and get out of bed and you know I don't know, put something other than pyjamas on today, you know, you're winning. <laughs> so, um, But the best time to write a novel is during a time of ma massive mental strife. We all know exactly. that. It's definitely the best time. <laughs> if everybody comes out with both ears, they'll be fine. <laughs> oh, I failed already. Um, <laughs> so, uh, obviously, the, the exhibition you've got with the Attenborough Art Centre, we you're having one of our one of our galleries to go in because we've got a, a year of of space themed work um what other support have you had from rachel and the, the visual arts team at attenborough Arts center so me and the attenborough Arts center go well back like even when it was called embrace arts like <laughs> which was years ago but um uh back in 2014 because i i used to just work from home and um in 2014 I was um, part of this project called Year of the Bus. Um, so throughout my career I've painted large fiberglass, like usually they're animals but this uh, this one was a bus and um, I didn't have space, like enough room in my house to paint it so Attenborough kindly gave me one of the studios to be able to paint it. Um, so I, li I like that there's always been this little connection with uh, Attenborough. But yeah, Rachel's been great. Um, really sort of just open to loads of ideas. Um, again, giving full sort of creative uh, free reign really of what the exhibition could have been or will be. <laughs> um, so yeah, it won't just be because I felt I can't go from uh, all the crazy stuff that would have been in Newark and then just give you guys a load of paintings to put up, like I've got to do something special for you guys. So um, it's still sort of all in the planning, but we're hoping to have sort of 3D sculptural work as well as part of this show. It has and when, if and when. Um, and yeah, Rachel's just been great. Uh, again, sort of offering up reference points and um, yeah, the sort of creative freedom to be like, here's a space, you know, do with it what you want. And uh, we'll try and facilitate that as much as we can. So yeah, you know, all you guys are fantastic at that. 
Oh, well, I'll blush again if you're not careful. <laughs> this, is, this is just lovely. I need to, I need to start all of my day. I, no, not start. It's nearly midday. Not start at all. Um, <laughs> all of my day should have this level of praise. Um, it is. It is. It has actually been really interesting talking to you and hearing both because you're a self-admitted admitted pessimist but in everything you've spoken about there is nothing but optimism coming through even if you're, you're thinking pessimist thoughts your what you're saying and the actions you've taken are the actions of a, of a, of a pure optimist <laughs> and you're embracing the situation for the best it can be it seems like it's uh it's really annoying being in my head <laughs> I, can, because... I can imagine <laughs> <laughs> because yeah i I always try and, I don't know, this again makes it sound awful, but like project positivity because mm -hmm. it's that fake it before you make it kind of thing. If, if you practice what, how you want to be, you will become it. And uh, so I'm still working on, <laughs> on that <laughs> and be, trying to become the optimist. Um, Everyone loves a good bit of chaos magic time now and again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is just saying lots about me and the kind of weird stuff I read. Um, <laughs> hey, if David Bowie was a chaos magician, then you can be too. Exactly. That's Everybody has their Ziggy Stardust in them somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All conversations should mention Bowie at least twice. Um, yes. <laughs> we, we do a lot of art fairs and, um, you know, a lot of sort of exhibitions like that. So they'll be in the cards and um yeah we do the affordable art fair down in london in battersea park so if everything goes to plan that should be in october um and then yeah as uh, as the way i work with everything just winging it <laughs> if, hey if it works it works exactly why ch trust the process <laughs> <laughs> um Luz, where can people find uh, you online and find like access to your work online so i have a website which is www.lozatkinson.co.uk um, on all social media so on instagram it's at lozatkinson underscore art and it's the same on twitter and if you search me on facebook i'm sure you'll find me i'm the one with the blue hair you can't miss me um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, those are the main sort of sources. Brilliant. Uh, well, as I said, thank you so much for this chat today. We look forward to seeing Imagine Nebula at the Attenborough Centre and seeing what you do with Expedition JP237. Um, because by seeing it and doing it as well. <laughs> they are both really exciting projects and especially with the one uh, in Italy, especially how that's so personal to you. I can't wait to see what you do and how it continues to develop. We'll get there, we'll get there. <laughs> oh, that was so nice. <laughs> a big thanks to Lars for what was a very honest conversation there. I do wish we could share the whole recording, but we did go on for quite a while. Do make sure you visit Loz's social media and her website. There are some fascinating and really interesting artworks up there and you can hear more about Loz's story. So, all it leaves me to say is thank you so much for listening and this has been the Attenborough Art Centre Podcast.